Um, hi guys, so welcome to MJ Unspun. I'm Matt, the video creator behind the detail, and I'm also here with MJ Fangirl. Hello! As always, and we're having another discussion today, a little bit of an MJ debate. Um, so the topic of today is what role did the press have in creating Michael Jackson's iconic status? We've got uh, some other participants today. We have back again, we've got Mason. Do you want to just introduce yourself briefly? Sure. Um, so obviously my name is Mason. Um, I'm 17 and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I got into Michael Jackson through Thriller and all that kind of stuff, but then I really started to get into like Billie Jean and like learning his craft and all that kind of stuff. I want, I want to learn everything about Michael Jackson because there's so much. Cool. And then we've got Haben. Hi, I'm Haben. I'm from Ontario, Canada. Uh, I've always, I've always listened, I've always been, I've been introduced to Michael's music since a child, a toddler, ever since he died, my mom used to play his music all around. My favorite song is Stranger in Moscow, because it's been ingrained in my head ever since I was a kid. Uh, my brother, in 2014, when Escape came out, my brother, he was also a little kid, he recommended, why don't you be Michael Jackson for Halloween, I went to as Michael Jackson, and from then on out, it's been five years since, and... I've I've had the time of my life following the greatest uh, uh, music icon ever. Cool. And then we have Daniel. Uh, hello, my name is Daniel Acosta. I'm from Mexico, Mexico City. Uh, I I I met Michael probably when he died. My parents playing his music videos, and I asked who that guy was, and then they showed me, and and I watched all his music videos and listened to all his music, and I became a fan, uh, and I've been a fan ever since. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, we had loads of different responses on Instagram. Um, a lot kind of trended towards, obviously, Michael Jackson had a really kind of like fraught relationship with the press um, and that, uh, you know, the press has not been kind to him over the years and that a lot of uh, Michael Jackson fans and people part of the community really see that they kind of contributed to the downfall of Michael Jackson's career and sort of public image. Um, but I want to talk about sort of also the early years as well. Like, I think... Um, talking about Michael Jackson in terms of uh, the fame that he was able to cultivate, how he used the press in order to benefit him and his career, uh, whether he was producing music, whether he was on tour, you know, the kind of anticipation of new music videos and new kind of, uh, even him in um, later on in his career when he would go to um, award shows and, you know, there would be a huge amount of press around that. And I'm sure he was invited to a lot of things and awarded certain things because they knew that it was going to bring a certain amount of attention and viewership to that. I think actually the... Uh, most viewed award show in of all time was 1984's uh, in, uh, Grammy Awards, um, and I th I think it's actually number two, and then number one is the 1998 um, Oscar Awards uh, when Titanic won all those um, uh, Oscars as well. Um, so I thought it would be interesting to firstly understand MJ Fangirl, what your kind of opening statements around this. So what kind of role do you think the press did have in creating Michael Jackson's kind of like legendary status? Um, yeah. So to me, I think that the press kind of was a double edged sword for Michael Jackson because yes, um, they were ruthless. They were kind of brutal to him for so many years. I, w I would say like for the majority of his career but then at the same time there's also that saying like no press is bad press which i don't know how much i agree with it but i do think that michael jackson being in the press and being kind of like this like um this this person that people all around the world wanted to know about and were curious about i feel like it helped his career because he was always in the news and you know, with eyes always on him, that mm. had to have helped his career in some capacity. And do you think, like, and I guess, like, there's that thing about being a star where, you know, if you constantly hear from Michael Jackson himself, like, he's always talking about something, he's always being interviewed, or he's always on a talk show or something, that people kind of get bored of him, but... I guess like this anticipation that everyone's talking about something and then this person kind of arrives or something comes out or he, you know, he's on tour and he's in your city. I imagine that that kind of has its own power as well. Um, I remember in particular, like uh, my one kind of example of this is like when I saw Britney Spears for her circus tour in 2009. And obviously the years before that was like so much, you know, 
every single day different stories about Britney Spears and like you know this she was literally the what the most searched most like talked about celebrity of like you know the 2000s or whatever and um, just seeing her like on stage in front of me that was that was that kind of built some kind of excitement and that was part of the reason why I went as well because like she was just so like I don't know like everyone was talking about her um of course because of the music and stuff like that as well but i feel like it kind of added to him like this hysteria that kind of surrounded him because there was this just this constant attention on him all the time yeah i totally agree with that i think that it definitely made me as a fan more interested too to kind of like i mean i just remember the days even it wasn't that long ago when they were like michael jackson fan forums and you know even just going on the forums and seeing the news reports and seeing you know, the little glimpses of him wherever he was in the world at that point, that kind of made it all the more exciting because you're like, oh, I wonder what the next story is going to say. I remember the This Is It because that's kind of like when I could remember. I was too young to like remember any of the trials or anything like that. But I remember like the This Is It tour, this like the hype for it and everybody's like, yeah, Michael Mm. Jackson's coming back. Yeah, definitely. And then I remember the day he died, I I came back from the Y with my mom or whatever, and it was on um, Entertainment Tonight, just the story of, like, Michael Jackson and whatever, and it was like, oh, who, who, who's that, whatever, and, and just seeing, just seeing that kind of, that contrast, but then I've kind of, like, asked my parents, you know, how was it like living through, you know, like, when Michael Jackson was alive, and it's like, you know, it's like, we didn't really know a whole lot, it was, it was a lot of um, different, a lot of different stories surrounding him. There's all these different things, and you just kind of like, oh, what's next? What's the next thing he's gonna do? Because it's just kind of that eccentric uh, role that he ended up being portrayed in his lifetime. I think I kind of came into knowing who Michael Jackson was. Like, I think there was always this kind of like you'd hear his name, but I didn't really know what he looked like. And I always knew he was like this really famous person. And then, and I'm talking around 2000. So when I was around like 10 or something, but he wasn't really like, oh, I love that song. Or like, I'm listening, cause I was into like, you know, the Spice Girls and like, and sync and stuff, you know, like that, that was kind of, you know, he wasn't in my kind of like age group of what I would be interested in. Uh, but I remember like the early 2000s where it would be like, you would see him in a magazine and he would kind of be like, I don't know, like freak of the week or something, or look at this weird like picture of Michael Jackson. He looks really odd, or look at him with like Elizabeth Taylor or something. Um, so I, I, and then really like 2002, 2000, you know, really up until 2005 and the trials, that like, it was just all these like, he's just a bizarre public like tabloid fodder figure. Like, and it's weird because fairly recently I watched uh, Living with Michael Jackson, and I just remember watching it at the time, and even like listening to when they put his music on, like you know in between like interviews and when they're like walking around like you know Las Vegas and stuff it's weird because the music just sounds so much more different because like they pick tracks that kind of make you know where it's like um you know where it's all uh, the hee hee and shimon and like trying to I just remember all those like jokes about him and how like all those like I don't know the odd the oddest ones that kind of made him I don't know into like a caricature I guess mm-hmm that and like the SNL skits that they would do like mocking Michael Jackson or the Mad TV mm. and like I can't I can't watch those because it's just like why like they're dehumanizing Michael it's just like you know this guy who constantly goes under constant constant scrutiny of the media and he's just being torn apart yeah it's it hurts it hurt to watch that mm. I just, yeah, they they I, definitely like dehumanized him in in the press. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think anyone f- said anything about. Oh my god, that's really hurtful. Like, that must really hurt his feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that was ever mentioned. It was always just seen to be like an alien or something. Like, he didn't have feelings. Like he wasn't human. Yeah. Uh, the see this. Uh, did you see the recent uh, Britney Spears documentary or whatever? Everyone's on. I did. Her, uh, everyone's um, backing her now, even though they used to scrutinize her the same way they used to scrutinize Michael in the th- in the two thousands. I'm I'm curious if I don't know for sure if they would do something like that, but because the series that that documentary um, came from, it's like a kind of like an episodic series where like they each episode they take a new celebrity so i was thinking do you mm. think they could um if michael was still around do you think they'd ever do that for michael 
I don't think they would just because of like, you know, the documentary or whatever from uh, 2019 and everything. It'd be difficult, but I feel like it could be done only if the right people were behind it. Like the same way the Freddie Mercury biopic, um, the biography that they did. Uh, apparently the director is going to uh, do one for Michael as well, which is kind of iffy because a lot of people didn't like the Freddie Mercury one. I don't know, and I don't think that it could be, I don't know if it could be respectfully done, especially with like prosthetics and everything like that, but it, I don't know. It's I weird. feel, I've been thinking about this a lot, like, I don't think they can make, is it a biopic with Michael Jackson, like, it, no one can play him, everyone's just going to be like, yeah, it'll just immediately it, look cheesy and lame. Yeah, they'll just talk in falsetto all the time and everything. I just, ugh. You'd have to study him really good to understand him, you know what I mean? The prosthetics, I feel like, could be done in today's age. There are really good um, uh, special effects um, people in Hollywood that could mm. do that. But I don't know. The right actor would be very difficult to find. It, it should be black. You know, they should be black, yeah. obviously. That'll, remember the last time with the uh, Elizabeth Taylor yeah. and Marlon Brando one? He got a lot of flack for being a white guy playing Michael. Uh, uh I, I agree with that. Uh, in the early 2000s, I think just before the trial, there was a biopic of Michael uh, uh, with a black guy that uh, painted his face white to look like him, and he looked horrible. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember what you're talking about. That was like a TV, uh, that was like a movie made for TV stuff. It was really bad budget. He didn't look anything like Michael at all. They literally just put powder on his face and a wig and said, "This is Michael Jackson." Do you remember this? Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah, that was really bad, actually. Um, I think it was called "Man in the Mirror," and it was Flex yep. Flex Washing Flex Alexander. I think is the name of the actor, yeah. and it was really bad. And what? <laughs> and, oh yeah, he gets flack for it even today. Like he was on a radio interview just like a couple months ago. I forgot which show it was on. But they were asking him, you know, what they, what he thought about Michael Jackson and then why did he take that role? And he was saying that he felt bad for a long time because he was just taking a job. But then he looked back at it and he was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> was it just really sensationalized? It's not that they were disrespectful or anything because they only showed uh, this happened. In, when did they release it? Maybe in the mid 2000s, like somewhere around 2004. The trial? OK, see, during the trial. So they only showed like the very last scene of the movie was just like him on top of a car and then it cuts to black. So they weren't really that disrespectful or trying to make him look guilty and everything. They did make him look kind of like a shy um, weirdo or whatever, but they never made him into like um a disturbed pedophile or anything like that. They were mostly respectful. It's just the, it's just the the makeup and it, it looked like a bad mm. Halloween costume. Just some yeah. random guy <laughs> on his face in a wig. A party city would get that. It wasn't that good. Oh, I was just gonna say. Also, Flex is like six five. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he looks he looked like a gigantic Halloween party version of Michael Jackson. It was just not a good look. <laughs> the, the film also had the. A lot of uh, uh, inaccuracies, and uh, it wasn't uh, historically accurate. Like um, it, it, they showed a lot of things that were not true. Uh, they said that Dangerous was a failure, uh, and and they showed uh, the rape of of '93, uh, and Michael still looked uh, like uh, dark skinned. It had a lot of of issues. It wasn't just how he looked. It's really odd. Like, why would you not, I don't know, be accurate in that way? Right. And that's kind of like another thing that's like in the press. Like my, like a lot of people I know had the misconception of like all these different things of like what the press put out there and like these documentaries and stuff like that. There's so much stuff that just doesn't add up. And then you try having a conversation with people and they're just like, oh yeah, well, isn't my Michael Jackson an albino or something like that? It's like, ah, it's like no. Oh, there's lows. Like he was, what was it chemically castrated, or he was actually transsexual but didn't know how to express it's, it. You know, there's all these exactly. theories, I guess. And then like they talk to you, like they just like tell you that you're like an idiot, and it's like you don't know how to read. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they know how to read, but they're just reading the wrong thing, I guess. Or 
I don't know. What about mm. you, MJ Fangirl, in terms of like press at the time? Like, were you were you cynical of the press, or did you kind of? Because I don't know. Like, I'm thinking. I guess we're so cynical of everything these days in terms of the media. But I, maybe like when we were younger, we kind of thought things were true, or we thought there was certain fact checking, and that like you know that you, you couldn't just print something and it'd be completely wrong. But I don't know. Maybe I was more naive. <laughs> No, I kind of agree. Like, I kind of had a tendency to believe, like, some of it. Um, I don't know. I just grew up kind of always thinking that, you know, there must be some underlying truth to this. Like, back then, I could never fathom that someone could make up an entire story and publish Mm. it as though it were true. Um, Because, you know, the tabloids and all news would say, oh according to sources so i'm like well somebody had to have given some information um like i just grew up believing some of it because i didn't know where else to get information from honestly and like certain things i believed up until a certain point like it's so weird but i actually i mean i don't know okay so here's another here's one specific story the elephant man bones story Hmm. That story, I believed because, you know, it was in the Leave Me Alone video. I had heard, like, you know... it <laughs> Reenacted. It, exactly. Like, he's putting Dancing it Dancing around there. with elephant man bones. <laughs> exactly. So I believed that. And then I read a book, actually, that said that Michael planted that story, according to Frank DeLeo. And so when I hear, you know... Um, the fan community at large say like, hey, you know, the press was horrible. I do want to also point out the fact that Michael did play the press to his advantage in the earlier days, which I think was was really smart of him to do. You know, the Elephant Man Bones supposedly was something that he planted to kind of get people (laughs) talking about him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like I think that there was a lot of truth to some of the stories, but when it came to like later on in his career, I would say after the bad era, people just, you know, created stories and they knew how much money they could make off of having a Michael Jackson story. So they just took any source, whether it was credible or not, which was definitely unfair to Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Um, I've read several things on Michael Jackson will like taunt the press. Like he's the one that released the um, the uh, like he sleeps in oxygen an oxygen chamber. chamber. Yep. Yeah. And just like all those different things, and he was like he was kind of playing with it because it was fun. But then, and then he start. Then they started like actually becoming mean and sinister. They started calling him Wacko Jacko, and then he was like, oh. Wait, that's that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted. And he was basically he was drinking poison and hoping he would get a better result. Well, I think what's interesting in in this respect. So, let's say, you know, cuz I feel like the catalyst of this was the Pepsi accident. And I think what happened there is that Michael Jackson saw, and I was thinking about it earlier today that we do see this kind of transition from a pop star going from press uh, music press to mainstream press and it actually really positively affecting their career so i think really with the pepsi accident um obviously he was hugely successful you know before before that but then it kind of gathered him a whole load of kind of mainstream where he was on like you know the nightly news and it you know everyone and their grandmother knew about michael jackson and actually only a couple of weeks later he kind of hit that world record of you know the most albums ever sold um so you could see the impact of like um you know, kind of crossing over into those mainstream um, uh, kind of publications. So I feel like he did that and actually looking at lots of articles around 85, 86, where there was this anticipation with this album, it was delayed by over a year, um, and that he was trying to make sure that he was still in the headlines and he wanted this kind of um, otherworldly, kind of very flamboyant character or persona in the press. And I, I'm just wondering, like, what do you think his, his expectation of that? So, like, the Oxygen, Oxygen Chamber, that came about because he was just about... Uh, Captain EO was just about to come out. So they wanted to give across, you know, because it kind of fits in, like, you know, he's a he's in a spaceship yeah. type thing and that, like, you know, part of his character. Um, so with the elephant bones, and like, did he expect everyone to go, like, like, cool? Like, you know, that's <laughs> weird? Or, like... <laughs> Like, I just, 
I'm just trying to understand, like, what was his best case scenario he thought that that would work well? And and the same with his managers, like, Frank DeLeo is not Michael Jackson. Like, maybe he would have gone, I don't know, Michael, that might mm. backfire in some way. People already think you're kind of odd, you know? So I wonder what your thoughts about that is. What I think uh, happened was that Michael thought uh, people would see him as this uh, quirky, cool, uh, mysterious guy that, that does uh, cool things. Uh, and... and and as far as I know, it worked for a while until The Sun came, the, the newspaper, The Sun. Um, they published the the hyperbaric chamber uh, photo and uh, they started the Wacko Jacko uh, nickname. Uh, mm. so, uh, so I think his plan worked for a while until The Sun came. And then he realized that uh, people in the world uh, were not going to see see him uh, doing weird things and think he's so cool, but rather he's so weird. Uh, 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 and I think that's w when he stopped and and his relationship with the media went down. That's what I think happened. Mm. Yeah, I can't really think of any other rumors, like like the hyperbaric chamber, elephant man bones, stuff like that. Past the bad area, there was never any, like, these um, crazy stories. More of just, like, um, targeted, like, sinister stories, you know what I mean? And then his, I can't think of anything past that. And then, like, he was able to, like, he had, like, a drawer full of noses, and he was able to, like, pick and choose which one that he wanted. Because oh. you, you, guys, you guys have seen that picture where it's just, like, yeah, him yeah, yeah. with the hole and, like, the drawer of noses. That's so, like, mm -hmm. 2000s. I think in Scary Movie or something, yeah. he falls out the window and his nose falls off or something. Yeah. <laughs> I remember oh, yeah. seeing that. No, his whole face, scary, I think. Um, oh, no, it's his Scary Movie 3. Yeah. yeah. You know, that reminds me of the story. I think it was Taj or TJ Jackson shared that they went to see Scary Movie in the movies with Michael and that Michael saw that part and he got upset and he walked out and he was like, no, it's okay. Just you guys watch the rest of the movie. And I think they all ended up leaving, but it just goes to show you like what, what we, you guys were talking about before, about how people didn't realize that Michael Jackson was like a person with like feelings, you know? They just made him into like their own, like you said earlier, caricature to where they could say whatever they wanted about him without any type of repercussions, any type of consequence. And it even extrapolated into regular mainstream media, like even movies, you know? Why would, why would the guys that made Scary Movie even think to create that when Michael Jackson is still like living and moving and breathing, like why? Um, not that they should do it when he passed away, but it just goes to show you that, like, there was kind of, even though people had this, like, massive love for Michael Jackson, I guess, which came out after he passed away from everyone, but people didn't offer him the common courtesy and respect to not, um, like, just make fun of him. That's interesting, because a lot of his, um, you know, like, his comedy friends or whatever, I, I forget his name, Eddie Griffin or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Something great. Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, him. Oh. <laughs> no, not Eddie, Eddie Murphy. There's, an, oh, there's okay. another guy. He, <laughs> I was like, you don't know Eddie Murphy. <laughs> another comedian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Eddie Murphy too. Uh, even... Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Okay, Steve whatever. Harvey. Gr uh, Griffin, I remember... Steve Harvey too. They used to they used to poke fun at Michael too. They used to say, especially Griffin, he used to talk about um his face and everything like that. And he was asked by Vlad TV, I think, like just in an interview, like, what did Michael think of all these like jokes or whatever? And he's like, Michael had a sense of humor. Mm. He used to laugh at the jokes I used to make about him and everything. So I think um Michael was okay with like people he knew making fun of him, but just like random movies or whatever kind of hurt him. Where just like everybody in the everybody who watches this movie will will be surprised with another Michael Jackson insult, you know? Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, I, I think I don't know if this is true or not, but I think he liked the In Living Color parodies. Uh, uh, you know the In Living Color parodies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. am i black or white and the one uh, with home with macaulay culkin uh, i think he liked those uh, i i heard that but but i'm not sure it's true mm. you know I, I have a confession to make i, I it's, it's so bad sometime when i'm thinking about the melody of black or whatever i start thinking i start singing the lyrics of that um parody <laughs> i i'm the same How with um, like, uh, mad tv uh when they did um was it uh justin timberlake like to love you or something <laughs> <laughs> and I always, oh, I always yeah, yeah. think the lyrics, like, what is it? 
When I was just a kid, I saw one of your videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess that's kind of one of the problems. Like, you know, obviously with a lot of press coverage comes a huge amount of fame. And then if you've got a huge blockbuster film that's coming out and it's a comedy, then what are you going to laugh at? What's Universal? Michael Jackson. Everyone knows Michael Jackson. Everyone knows, you know, different storylines around him with children or with plastic surgery or whatever. You know, there's those common common things that, you know, no matter whether you're in, you know, Germany or Australia or, you know, Mexico or whatever, like, you know, everyone, everyone kind of can relate to those. So then he was kind of like an easy target. And I guess like, I guess also, so, I mean, when, when do you think it really went sour though? Do you think it was kind of like 85, 86? Do you think with like bad? Definitely with bad. I think because, you know, he kind of had this like, you know, he's wearing, instead of wearing from sequins, he's wearing buckles, and he's just like, he has a dimple on his chin now, his nose is slimmer, and just like all these stories that come up before, no one really saw him through uh, 85 to 86 to 87, no one really, because you know, he would make appearances at award shows, you know, and he's gradually coming lighter, and mm. you know, they're just like, they're waiting like intensely, and then they then they see Michael and it's like, oh, that's not the Michael we remember, but it's really cool though. And just kind of like that new image maybe probably like opened it up for more criticism. I'm active in the Michael Jackson uh, subreddit uh, and I mm. saw a post, a really interesting post of someone who, who was a fan of Michael and saw uh, the beginnings of the bad era. Apparently the press only really, uh, it wasn't the bad video, uh, that made the media make fun of Michael, like a lot of people think. It was actually the way you make me feel. Uh, uh, people started commenting that he looked like his sisters, that he looked like a girl. and They say, why wow, he's gay, why didn't he kiss the girl? And it was that video that made people start to, uh, to think differently of, of him. The bad video, uh, it wasn't uh, that bad received. It was the the way you make me feel video. Honestly, um, I think you say turn sour. Uh, I honestly think that was the mid two thousands, if I'm being real, because uh, a lot of the, sure the press started um during the bad era or whatever, but the public was still like, oh, that's just Michael for you. He's great and everything. I remember watching um one of the details videos, and one of the ladies um. Uh, that went to go buy the bad album she's like i don't know about the look or whatever but yeah. the music is incredible and he's incredible and everything like that the other lady the other girl went he's looking like a fool or whatever but the music is still good so mm. i think people um generally still appreciated him and his um efforts up until the mid 2000s i think just like the court trial really took him down yeah and I guess like there was always, it's funny this um, difference between the public and their public perception around him. Like the press at that point would just be like, he's a weirdo, why is anyone interested in him? Like they only just talked about, oh, he solos. You know, they don't actually say, oh, the music's really good or whatever. Maybe, you know, that's not really their place to say. But like they just say, oh, it says, you know, I'm sure it will sell loads of, you know, he'll sell loads of tickets to concerts and that the album will sell loads, but um, yeah, he's like really weird because of this, that and the other. Um, but I think around bad as well, because my impression of that era as well is that Michael Jackson was really becoming like the industry and it was so much more kind of like contrived and controlled his like image. And I think people could easily like see through that, you know, because he did really talk out about the press quite a lot. Like even though he didn't really, uh, he wasn't really interviewed that much, but like there was like a public letter at the time that, and uh, there was like statements being made, um, you know, about all the kind of controversy around his image and around his kind of activities um, that people kind of like saw through it. They kind of saw through like, oh, okay, we can see in the bad video, you're trying to act like you're really, you know, tough and stuff. Cause obviously in the press the years before they were all saying that, you know, he was really, um, you know, he wasn't as macho as he needed to be, or like, you know, his image needs to change. He needs to be less of a, you know, this kind of wussy, like, um, I think they said like quite effeminate image that, you know, he needed to change that. Then, you know, and they even admit in Bad 25 that, you know, it was, 
you know, the way he make me feel was meant to show him as a, as a pursuer and that he could pick up girls and that he was like the man on the street. Um, which obviously Michael Jackson is not the man in the street, that like that type of scenario would have never have happened. So people just kind of see through it, that there was this kind of like, and I guess like looking at, the t at that time, like there was this real conflict between Michael Jackson, who he was like as a person and, and what was true to him versus this image that like, he wanted to portray, that his record label was really keen for him to portray, and also this great like ambition he had because he felt like he had to do that in order to, I don't know, improve his public image or to sell records or for people to still like him. And that he kind of, I've always said, I feel like Michael Jackson didn't really ever outwardly know how to be who he was. It was always like he was in this limbo around trying to be who, true to who he was, but then also so, keenly trying to appeal to everyone and, and, and please everyone as well, that he kind of lost himself in that. I saw someone say that Michael tried to make himself look bad, uh, but when he started the song with the phrase, your body's mine, people didn't uh, buy that. Uh, he did, that image didn't sell. People didn't think <laughs> Michael was uh, a top guy. Yeah, because I think the years before that, they were saying like, uh, you know, these wussy, like, pop stars like Boy George and Michael Jackson and Prince and stuff, they're out. It's all about, like, Bruce Springsteen and, like, good old wholesome American, like, you know, uh, masculinity. So he, he kind of felt like I had to kind of create this more tough image. But also I think it was just an image refresh as well. I think he wanted to show a different side to him if he kind of came out and he was, I don't know, did, like... I don't know, a soppy ballad with like bubbles in the video or something, people might just, it might just seem too expected. And like, I guess like think about also like later years as well, like how do you think that kind of like sustained him like in the press? Like, cause I think, cause I guess like, it doesn't matter who you were, like if, you know, if it was the early 2000s and you, I don't know, you were walking down the street with your friend and someone said, Michael Jackson is down the road, everyone would run. So like, what kind of impact, like, because obviously even, you know, I mean, none of us were really kind of uh, present when he was in his kind of heyday, you know, as, you know, in terms of his music career. Um, how do you think the press kind of like impacted, you know, and kept that longevity and that kind of intrigue on him uh, over over extended period of time? I think they definitely helped in sustaining um, just just keeping him in the press for as long as possible, you know? Like, the the statement, the phrase he said, MJ Fangirl, uh, bad press, some, no press is always bad press, right? Regardless mm -hmm. or not, they helped in some way. Because we all know that past uh, 2001, there was no music being played out. The only reason why people remembered Michael in the th 2000s was just because of the controversies. And although it was, like, although it didn't paint him in a good light whatsoever... It still kept him um, long. It still kept him in people's minds, regardless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that because it wasn't until after his death, really, people like, like you know, his music was relevant again. Like because you know he's he goes through this controversies, you know, and it just kind of kept relevant because you know, you know, stories about like Michael Jackson being weird, you know, that's relevant. Like it was like, oh yeah, like. You know what's what's Wacko Jacko doing today, whatever that kind of thing, and I think once once he passed away, and everybody was like, "Oh my God, he's gone," and you know we never got to see that this is it. I think that this is it, and his death really helped him, like propelled his music back, and kind of got that, you know, he was the king of pop instead of, you know, he's just this weird dude with this weird face and like he has ch his non-biological children whatever i do want to say like when i because the 2000s was kind of like my era i was in high school then i was on all the forums i was like, like it wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah I, I it was highlights i think that they there were some good things that were said about him you know they had like he got that um that award artist of the century and people were kind of excited about that there was a lot of buzz going around about the 30th anniversary shows so that i can say for sure a lot of people um were looking forward to and like you know unfortunately it wasn't overshadowed because 9 11 happened like the next day but i personally think that he would have gotten a lot of good um good press about that show because that was like 
I mean, although when we look at the playback, there were like some controversies with, you know, um, you know, was Michael singing live and was he still a good performer? But while it was happening, I feel like a lot of people were happy about the performance and they were excited about it. So I would say that in the 2000s, I feel like the press almost tried to keep his name there because, I mean, although they had other exciting figures to talk about, like uh, Britney Spears for one and Whitney Houston mm -hmm. and all that, Michael Jackson still had kind of this like little mystery around him, you know? Um, so I think that at least for me as a fan growing up in that period of time, I think that the press coverage was um, a contributing factor into Michael Jackson's longevity. Whether that's for the negative or the positive, I can't really say. But I will say that it kind of did help him to remain in the spotlight because if they didn't do stories about him, we wouldn't have really seen anything. Um, uh, especially when he left after the trial and was like in Bahrain and Ireland, like they were still doing like brief stories about him. You would see him in like a pinstripe shirt walking in the, in the airport in Ireland. Like that was kind of exciting. And I don't remember any negative connotations back then. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember like there being like an article. Um, actually, it was a, a cover of a magazine. I don't know what it was, but I remember seeing it on the tube when I was like a teenager and it had, um, I think it must have been like a victory era, like image of him. And like, I don't know, they had all these like montage of like, you know, like monkey and a llama and like, and they're, they're just like, what's happened to Michael Jackson? Like the weird world of Michael Jackson, what's he doing now? And like, they talked about at the time, um, you know, they was living abroad and he was pretty much not in exile, but like was, com uh, you know, completely reclusive and, you know, wasn't returning to the US or the public life uh, anytime soon. So there was this kind of like intrigue around him at that time. And I guess like when it comes to, particularly like album cycles and stuff like and particularly for like performances if they have like a huge special on and stuff like they're gonna promote like Michael Jackson's amazing he's you know still the greatest performer and I guess I guess maybe in the press there was a kind of element of like wanting a comeback like they wanted to see him come I don't know yeah. like there was this expectation of wanting to see him in his prime again I guess I always saw like the America's reception like after the trial was like we're still rooting for the underdog at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's had all of that flack for the last five years or so. We just want to see something come out of this, something good come out of it for once. I uh, I disagree with that. I think the media uh, was uh, at its worst regarding Michael after the trial. Um, I don't know if any of you have read uh, a, a really good article called uh, One of the Most uh, Shameful Episodes in Journalistic History. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, the media wanted Michael to go to jail. They wanted that because that would have, would have given them stories for for years to come. Uh, and when he was acquitted uh, uh, in all 14 accounts, they were devastated because all the stories of him in jail, his kids, his his uh, music legacy, all that went to the drain. So so they were just like, ah, oh, yeah, he was acquitted, but uh, uh, he bought his way out of uh, out of jail now. Nah. Uh, the, the jury is dumb. Uh, Michael is, is guilty. They, they were they had that attitude regarding him. Like my dad still believes that like Michael Jackson like it was like yeah he should he shouldn't have been acquitted. Like he he's kind of like he's and then again like my dad really didn't care. But then again he's also like you know Michael Jackson you know he's a great musician but like he was a really weird dude. And so my dad's just kind of like I guess pretentious towards that so he doesn't really know and so for the longest time me trying to explain like you know like these were people out to get him like they wanted they wanted a story they wanted they wanted to make m headlines it was like it well, was really hard trying to explain that <laughs> well let's talk about that though i mean how much did the press contribute to the cases because well, how i feel is like the run-up until uh the raid you know in um in november 2003 is that you know there was just this kind of continuation of like bizarre stories around michael jackson that they were almost wanted to prosecute him in some way you know there was this kind of like trying to get him in some way and and trying to make it 
you know, he was so weird, it, was, it had to be criminal in some way. I don't know, like, and yeah. I guess, like, when you talk about, you know, like, your dad saying, and, and I get lots of comments like this, like, oh, he was a weird dude, there was, you know, he was a, he was a weird guy, don't, it, they almost adds that suspicion, you know, if you say someone's weird, it's like, I can't really work you out, I don't really know what's wrong with you, I can't really 100% relate with you, something's a little, something's wrong here, and that they're adding that thought of train of, like, oh, there's something you know, really sinister mm -hmm. going on here. I mean, I was always taught that weird means unique. And so if someone calls you weird, you should kind of just embrace that. Just like being different, but just kind of like how they portrayed Michael as, you know, he's this, you know, he's this freak of nature. You know, he shows up to court in, in his pajamas, you know, he has three kids. He hung, he hung his kid out the window, you know, he looks like an alien, all this up, there's stuff just like piecing apart, like all these different things to create this image of, you know, don't go there. Like if you're Michael Jackson, you know, he might, he might be hiding under your bed or your closet. Like don't like he's, he's scary, whatever. And no one looked at him for this like humanitarian efforts that he did. Like my, my dad didn't even know that. He was like, oh, really? Like, yeah. Because that wasn't talked about. Because that's not interesting. What sold was Michael Jackson lives in a, an amusement park, and that amusement park is full of pedophilia. That's, that's what sold, because people would believe that. And I guess what's interesting is, yeah, around 93, like, Michael Jackson was trying to... Because I don't know whether there was huge controversies or things just, like, didn't really make sense um, in 92 and that he had a huge amount of, like, back backlash. But obviously that kind of... Well, what he says is that that prompted the Oprah interview because he wants to get something straight and wanted to be a bit more honest with people and have people, like, the public understand him a bit better. But it almost, like... It almost kind of snowballed in those, like... Um, speculations and those stories and they actually became you know they had more like weight to them you know what do you call that when you like unearth stuff that's probably people aren't really paying much attention like as soon as he d discussed something or he kind of uh approach something uh and try to resolve it, it actually like ignited it and made it even worse um and i feel like that's what happened in 93 as well really like after the oprah interview yeah Wow, I thought. Oh, okay, I thought. Actually, I have to disagree because I think the Oprah interview made him um, look a lot better. Because at the time, people literally just thought he was uh, um, bleaching his skin. And what's his name? Geraldo Rivera, the Fox News guy. Right, with, yeah, yeah the, with the mustache. He had a show. At, he had a talk show at the time, and he was. He was bringing out people with vitiligo too, and explaining, "Oh, this is what Michael has. It affects. Mm. Um, it takes out the pigmentation of someone's skin color. As you can see here, this person either chooses to try to take pre treatment to uh, turn them all the way white, or try to cover themselves every day or whatever." And the audience was, the audience was very supportive in in a lot of ways. Um, one of the statements made was like, "Yeah, Michael Jackson is a person." that's different from everybody else but he still makes incredible music and does a lot for charity and everything the audience is clapping and cheering and everything like that the i think that interview made him look really good 90 i i really do think 93 was going to be an 84 like a 1984 for the 90s up until the allegations it was going to be a great year for him super bowl oprah oprah interview everything mm. yeah i i i agree because you know like he kind of like he set the record straight with everybody it was like you know this is this is what's happening, you know, this is who I am, and finally, you know, you guys, like, I will, I'm, I'm here to set everything straight, and I think it was working for a good chunk of time there, but as soon as the allegations hit, it was like, oh boy, and just spiraled downwards, and I was like, well, no one cares about that, it's like, okay, you have a skin disorder, but you touch kids, so, like, you must be a monster, whatever. So everyone just kind of forgot that he set the record straight. And then, you know, when someone accuses you of such things and you're, you, you can't come back from that, I don't think. And it's, it's very obvious to that because like, even though he was acquitted and all that, I still get people who tell me, you know, this is, you know, he was a 
this is who he was, whatever. And it's disheartening to hear because, you know, the man's not here to explain himself. And when he was here, he was acquitted of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, even even before, uh, you're right that even before leaving Neverland, there was always this thing of, yeah, he, he, he touched kids. Um, I mean, he didn't um, explode until after uh, leaving Neverland aired, but it was always there. Uh, as I mentioned, this article, it said that even though he was acquitted, he could never feel like it because what the media, uh, because of how the media uh, covered the trial. He was acquitted, but people still thought he, he was weird and, and that he probably was a pedophile, which he said, but, but that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think that also kind of like helped like with his like drug addiction too, because it talked about, you know, like um, how he was becoming more reliant on drugs because he couldn't sleep and all that kind of stuff like during the like mm-hmm. later 2000s and yeah. stuff like that. I, I mean, I, I kind of feel, I understand what you mean in terms of like, there was a bit more of an understanding of him in 2000, um, in 1993. I guess, I, I don't know, I also think about, um, I can't remember what magazine, maybe it was Architectural Digest or one of those magazines where they, um, where they photographed Neverland and he was like, I don't know. I, I just feel like he opened up that year and then that same year, I maybe he kind of let his guard, guard down and was trying to be a bit more open with people in general and with the public and trying to just be not as guarded as he had been previously. And then that kind of was like, I don't know, allowed those accusa- accusations come back. Like they kind of used that against him and that like certain things he said like were held against him or I don't know, put the spotlight on his personal life rather than his career. Um, cause maybe before they were talking more about his music or about a particular performance or about him, you know, breaking some record, but then, you know, after the Oprah interview, it spoke more about his private life or, you know, what he does in his, I don't know, what his interests are or, or what he does in his personal life. Uh, going back to like the timeline of how the press, uh, took on Michael Jackson, 93, Although, like, um, we obviously can tell, like, tabloid media was just the worst to him. 93 wasn't as, obviously wasn't as bad as the mid-2000s trial or whatever. Like, there were still GQ magazines talking about Michael Jackson was actually framed. Here's this and this and this. Well, I, I guess, I guess the thing is, is, and what I think is really interesting is, like, when I've looked at news articles around the 93, uh, allegations is that, the news story, I thought it would be like this big headline that like would, you know, be in all the newspapers and it was the biggest story of the day. It was a small article. It was, you know, it could have been this thing that was easily resolved that, you know, it was easily kind of explained or, you know, this whatever. And then, um, and then as time went on, like they saw that this story had a certain amount of traction and that, you know, it kind of snowballed into this massive news story. And it's all to do with market forces. You know, if you're selling a lot more newspapers, if you're putting Michael Jackson on the headline versus anything else, then you're going to perpetuate that story. And you're going to find, even if it's very flimsy evidence to try and support that or find new details around it, or you're going to pay loads of money to some maid to say that you found kids underwear in the bed or whatever you know so it's kind of um so it kind of you know just in terms of capitalism uh in terms of the press and the truth you're going to try and find stories that sustain that to keep this uh to keep this going and it's funny with um the narrative around the media you know when it came to the 2005 trial you know there was a certain image of michael jackson that sold newspapers that uh, the public was interested in 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 uh, consuming at that time and then when he died that completely went a full 180. And then it was Michael Jackson, the icon, Michael Jackson, you know, the innovator. We want to love Michael Jackson, everything positive about Michael Jackson. So it's all, it, the truth is kind of irrelevant. It's really what the public wants to consume and what they can sell, you know, at the most profit at any right. given time. And I also think it's like, they just pointed out like eccentricities with that. Cause it was like, you know, he was an eccentric man. And, you know, we're humans. We all do weird things. Like, you know, some people like ketchup with mac and cheese. You know, it's like, just like those kind of like <laughs> weird things. Those kind so of weird. things. So <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> there should be a new story Unforgivable. on this. <laughs> mm, but, and I think they just kind of, they picked, they picked apart needless things and exploded it 
to and totally evolved this image that just ultimately you know it it just made michael look really bad and that he wasn't that he was so much more than that and it it's painful for me to just you know listen to people talk about you know this person that they don't they don't even know and if you know if they if i were to talk about someone like that and you know it goes it goes on like you know someone like it's in like society today you know like if a girl kisses a guy in high school and it's the wrong story and her reputation can be ruined forever and it's by something that she didn't even do and i hate i hate that and that and it's happened to me and it's happened to michael and just how harsh people can be and then again we're all human we make mistakes but dehumanizing someone out of your own like enjoyment is just cruel i i agree with that i think what you what you said is, is very very true i i wanted to point out the i want to to bring a new point uh, i've heard a lot of people say that the media saved uh, michael jackson's image in in 1994 because just a few months after the settlement and uh, charges were dropped uh, the OJ Simpson trial came and and that had a lot of uh, of media attention so they they changed people uh, stopped paying attention to the to the Michael Jackson scandal and started paying attention to to the OJ trial uh, that I heard that the the trial of the century uh, sort of saved uh, Michael Jackson what do you guys think I of that I I agree with that because I mean OJ Simpson was a football player so you know like you know he was in trial he couldn't he couldn't really do anything Michael was out of court you know he's releasing he released the history album so it's like You know, like, he's moving on with his life. He's able to move forward. But, you know, OJ, he has these accusations. And then, you know, he's down the highway in a white Bronco. And just that kind of perpetuated his image of, you know, like, oh, like, oh, let's pay attention to him now. And it just kind of got lost on Michael. So I do agree with that, that it might it may have saved the scrutiny of those allegations and i think that those allegations once they resurfaced in 2000 2003 2004 2005 you know that's when i was like oh you know second time you know maybe this is maybe this is the truth so they kind of it kind of shifted and so what would have been in the 90s for michael happened in the 2000s it's also the fact that the 2005 2003 allegations uh, the boy accusing Michael was uh, someone that the public knew in, in 93 no one knew who who Jordan Chandler was uh, they they just knew it was a boy that uh, well sometimes appeared uh, next to Michael in, in some events and stuff but people saw living with Michael Jackson they knew who Governor Biso was, and they saw him holding hands with Michael. So I think it, it, there there was also that fact that made the 2003 allegations bigger than 93. Interestingly enough, that documentary or whatever, I have to give props to the press on some part because, like, let's Martin Bashir real quick. He'd be he'd be telling Michael. I remember there was a scene right after where he brought some disadvantaged kids on the Neverland. They were going off these rides or whatever. And Martin's telling Michael, "Wow, Michael, you're so good for this. How nice of you to do this." And then the over like the voiceover whatever was like, "This is when I knew Michael Jackson was extremely disturbing." The press on some and even comedies or whatever. I think it was SNL whatever that did a skit and they were talking about, "I'm just a creepy guy who was interviewed by a shady interview whatever they slowly give jabs at martin as well uh, the, the rogan atkinson uh yes yeah yeah that one that that one too they gave jabs at martin as well they're like he's he... wait and it has lenny henry as michael jackson mm, he's I been doing that, that since 87 was... right yeah wow. yeah he's no i remember that on uh i think it was comic relief or something like um 
Yeah, and he, yeah, he always, he always, he's been, yeah, he's been doing it since 83, because he did a parody of, uh, of Thriller as well. Oh. Yeah. But he's like a famous British comedian. But yeah, I remember actually watching <laughs> that at the time, and <laughs> him crying because he had so much money, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Forced me to go to the bank to deposit $200,000 every yeah. time. Yeah, <clears throat> I just wanted to add um, something that I was thinking about the other day. This is kind of getting a little bit off of the topic of the 2000s, but going all the way back to the Motown era, like for Motown, press was a really big deal. That's kind of like how they were able to transition from, you know, like just like, you know, these black artists to like the sound of Young America. And being able to be on television and do these like mainstream interviews was like a big part of Motown and like how the Jackson 5 and all those groups kind of received their training. And it just must have been so interesting for Michael Jackson to, you know, grow in his career as a solo artist, kind of use the press to his advantage and then see it kind of like just take off to a point where he he couldn't control it. Um, And so like certain times I wonder you know how Michael Jackson thought about his life and thought about his press coverage in retrospect like in the 2000s did he think back on it and you know was regretful on on some of the press coverage or did he look back on it with a certain appreciation of hey you know I know that they're not saying the best things but all they're doing is talking about me non-stop like I remember in the American Dream documentary um there, well, not documentary, sorry, the American Dream biopic movie about the Jackson 5 that the Jacksons kind of created. There was a scene when the Jackson 5 got mobbed and Michael was like, I don't know how long, how much longer I can do this. And Joseph Jackson was kind of like, well, you better be glad these the people here for you is better than not hearing anything at all or something like that. So I wonder if that that's kind of something that he was conflicted with later on in his life because I personally don't believe Michael Jackson could look back at his whole career and say this was all bad. I personally think that he had to look at it from an angle of like all of those huge celebrities that get negative press at some Hmm. point. It does contribute somehow to their legacy. I think this was true for like the 80s or whatever. But once he had his children to look after and all these allegations of child molestation, which is the worst thing you could be accused of when you have kids of your own. I think that's the reason why he moved to Ireland or the Middle East, for Christ's sake. He just, he didn't want any media past the trial. You know what I mean? So I th- it was good. I agree with you on some part. Like, he definitely was like, all right, another headline about me in the 80s. You know what I mean? But towards, right. towards like, in the th- late 2000s, it was just like, they can, they, can, they can forget I was even there in the first place. You know, I need to get away. Up until the Pepsi accident, he barely got any negative press. The press was really good to him in the in the thriller days, um, and you could see that Michael was proud of that. In in, in Moonwalker, in retrospect, uh, he showed a lot of newspapers with him in the in the headlines. Uh, you, you, he he liked that. I, I'm sure anybody would like uh, newspapers sell, uh, talking about you and how big you are and how many records you are selling. I, I I think he I I agree with you uh, with, with MJ Fangirl in, in that regard. I, I don't think it was always bad for him. I think it was a period in which he enjoyed the attention. And kind of what MJ Fangirl was talking about was, you know how um, Michael Michael Jackson. You know he grew he grew up in the press. You know he he and his brothers would perform on like all these late night talk shows and you know trying to get themselves out. And by being in the media and like, you know, you know, people are watching this and, you know, um, kind of like, you know, it's the seventies and, you know, the civil rights movement had just happened not too long ago. And not, I don't think everybody was, you know, ready, not yet to be comfortable, like, you know, watching black artists, whatever, not until the eighties when Michael Jackson broke through, you know, he's on MTV because, you know, white radios didn't play black music not until or they did I, I don't know I didn't really live during that time but you know it wasn't as common until Michael Jackson totally smashed through that barrier with Thriller I think anyways so 
you know, he's breaking barriers and, you know, the press is like, you know, he's a 42 year old in a 10 year old's body, you know? Mm. And then <laughs> that goes from, he's a 42 year old man, but has a 10 year old's mindset. Oh, <laughs> you know, just how that <laughs> negatively turned around on him because I think he kind of wanted to still use the press as an advantage, mm -hmm. but you know, he was kind of running out of things to talk about you know it's like you know he had thriller you know I, like thriller's great well what, what what's going to be the follow-up and michael jackson was like i don't know you know how how do i bring that upon him because he wanted to do better than thriller but he never did well as sales at least yeah but i think afterwards his image was a lot greater in in thriller you know because he went from just being this like this god you know like he has this other side to him that no one really knows about. And I guess that's kind of what the press was able to thrive off of. You know, mm -hmm. he has this other, like, what's the other side of Michael Jackson that we're not seeing? So once we see all these, like, weird photos, you know, it's like, oh, maybe this is how Michael Jackson is. And so it's believable. Yeah, and I guess uh, in terms of what MJ Fangirl was saying, you know, with him in the Motown days, and particularly press at that time, entertainment press, it was very, like, uh, managed, and that stories would come out, and then they would be kind of squashed, or you could, um, you could kind of manipulate stories to your best advantage, um, where you could, you know, Michael Jackson said he was a couple years younger than he actually was when he was a child, so he had a lot more control over his public image, and then when it came to the 80s and the 90s and that kind of like tabloid you know entertainment tonight and that 24-hour news cycle um it was just a whole different beast that he wasn't used to uh he had he wasn't grown up um in terms of managing a career like based on that type of press coverage um i also wanted to like ask you guys what you guys thought about now like the relationship between the press and michael jackson now do you feel like it helps like with his legacy i mean i know leaving neverland came out and that was pretty bad but i feel like the press is doing this because they have nothing else to really talk about or no other exciting artists as opposed to having that yeah um that like vindiction that maybe they had before but then again if you listen to some of the stuff that like taj jackson speaks about he really believes that the media or the press is still out to get Michael Jackson, like, what do you guys, what do you guys think? I think the media still have to get him, but the people have, it's been, what, two, uh, two, two years now? Yeah. It's been two years now since the documentary's released, and I just see in, like, Instagram comments, um, people are starting to defend him or whatever. They're saying stuff that I never thought the public knew, like, they're talking about how FBI followed him for 14 years or so and found nothing. They're defending him, so I think that this documentary has... Also, in the beginning, they, people should just call him nonce or whatever in, in the comments and everything. But now people, it gave them an excuse to um, investigate more into why he's innocent or guilty. And then if they find the innocent, that's what they report on. I, I, I think that the public is still mostly on Michael's side. Like if you watch the Living Neverland uh, announcement uh, trailer in YouTube, the like to dislike ratio is insane. People are People are not on... <laughs> People are still on Michael's side, I think, most mostly. Uh, well, of course, there are the people that, that say, now Michael Jackson was a child molester, uh, I saw the new documentary. There are still those, those types of people, but mostly they are still on Michael's side. The media, that's something else. Every single uh, major news uh, publication reported on, on, the, on, on Living Neverland as this huge revelation, these new allegations, uh, new evidence against Michael Jackson, every single one of them. Uh, you ha guys have noticed this, but ever since Living Neverland, uh, every single article talking about anything Michael Jackson mentions Living Neverland. Uh, let's say the the Michael Jackson estate announces a, a new single or something, uh, and someone uh, covers it, a, a new site covers it. They will mention, I 100% guarantee you that they will say <laughs> yeah. something along the lines of the singer recently accused uh, in, in HBO's yeah. Living Neverland. Uh, <laughs> they still yeah. they still talk talk uh, uh, about Michael regarding the 
regarding leaving Neverland, and, and, and they are presenting the allegations as facts. I agree with you. I think it's kind of unfortunate that the media, the way that they report things, they always have to include, you know, leaving Neverland now. It, you know, it, if it leaving Neverland would have never come out, then they would have, you know, mentioned the trial. But it just, it really is sad that that is like kind of always now attached to Michael Jackson's name. I do wish that, you know, at least if they were going to mention it, I guess they do mention this, like that he was acquitted of all charges or whatever, but it doesn't feel that way because it feels as though like when Michael Jackson is reported about, they have this fact at the end, but there's almost like this sort of skepticism. Even if it's even if it's just like said as a regular statement, I feel like the undertone is always skepticism, the fact that he was acquitted. And that's unfortunate because I feel like other artists are not penalized yeah. in that way. Hmm. Instead of like the the late the late pop star like the 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 deceased king of pop, it's oh the the acquitted 2005 molestation trials oh the recently accused 2019, it's it. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. There'll be something else that comes up, you know, that will change the narrative. I think if there was a. I don't know. Like we said before, if there was a, a the the Crown <laughs> type series that came out all about Michael Jackson, then it would be a kind of like Michael Jackson, who was recently the subject of the new whatever the Throne yeah. series. <laughs> uh, you know, so they're just they're trying to think of what what is he most relevant for now, and most people know for him. You know, the most recent thing that's come out about him has been that documentary. Right, I think that's probably a good place to stop. Uh, thanks for everyone for taking part in the discussion. Really good uh, kind of differing opinions today. And um, yeah, thanks for everyone who's listening. Uh, hopefully see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.